Welcome to the Elopement Podcast, the first ever wedding planning podcast dedicated entirely to couples who are ditching tradition and instead choosing what speaks to them most. I'm Ruth Ann Z, an intimate wedding and elopement photographer, and I eloped too. So trust me, I get it. This podcast exists to serve you in a season that not many others can understand. From planning advice, tips, and tricks, to candid conversations with couples, vendors, and even my husband, I'm here for you. I can't wait to help you plan the most kick-ass day of your life. So, let's go. Hello, welcome to the Elopement Podcast. My name is Ruth Ann Z. I'm your host, and today we are talking about traditions. This episode is not going to be super long. It's going to be pretty, pretty short and sweet. Um, I'm hoping to keep it pretty just simple um, because I find that a lot of the conversation surrounding traditions is very subjective to what you want and what you envision, but getting that conversation started can be a challenge for some people. So this is something that I get a lot of questions about relatively frequently, and um, I always kind of feel like there's not enough discussion around it. And it was something that we encountered ourselves when we were planning our elopement and, you know, doing it a little bit differently um, was was something that that kind of surprised people. So um, before we get going, I want to talk about our amazing sponsor. You've heard me talk about them in the past episodes, but here's your uh, weekly reminder. Wandering Weddings is the number one elopement blog for couples who are adventurous at heart and looking to plan an adventurous intimate wedding or elopement. Wandering Weddings guides couples with the inspiration that they need from their blog, from their social channels, um, and their emails to inspire you to plan a wedding day that will excite you and be full of adventure. So you can start planning your elopement today by going to wanderingweddings.com. There are amazing vendors on there from florists, hair and makeup artists, officiants, and photographers and videographers. You can search by location and area, and uh, it's a really, really, really fantastic tool. Additionally, if you are a photographer or a vendor listening to this podcast and you want to expand your reach into the adventure elopement world, you can get 10% off of your first year of membership at Wandering Weddings by going to wanderingweddings.com forward slash join dash now. Again, that's wanderingweddings.com forward slash join dash now and use the promo code podcast at checkout to get 10% off of your first year. Okie dokie. So traditions. Let's talk about this. So I'm going to go through, first and foremost, just a general super base list of things that I think are most common within weddings and the wedding industry um, as far as expectations of traditions go. I think one of the biggest ones is that you are not supposed to see your partner until you walk down the aisle or they walk down the aisle and you are in ceremony space. I Another big tradition is that you have a very standard ceremony with very basic vows. We talked a lot about that in last week's episode. Uh, Wearing white, having a dress shopping experience, finding the one, cake cutting, and general traditions like a garter toss, a bouquet toss, that sort of stuff that can feel super cliche and I don't even know why we do it. Uh, your father walking you down the aisle, um, mother-son dance, father-daughter dance, first dance, um, having a super religious ceremony that might be out of expectation, not really desire, um, and then just in general assuming that you have to do things because it is what has been set forth by the people before you of the expectation that they have of you. That was a really poorly worded sentence, but you get the gist. Um, So I'm going to break these down kind of line by line of the traditions that 
our most standard, what you can do to combat them. And then we're going to just really quickly talk about new traditions that you can create um, and hopefully get the juices flowing for some inspiration there. So as far as not seeing each other until the ceremony goes, I have a lot of opinions on this. And that is that most of the time in this day and age, people spend so much of their lives together. Like couples, by the time they're getting married, they are best friends. They love each other. They have spent years together. Lots of the times they live together. And so to spend the night apart for the sake of a tradition and an old wives' tale and superstition, in my opinion, unless it's something that you truly want, I think it's a little bit silly. And the reason I feel that way is because I have seen so many weddings, so, so, so many weddings, where the couple is separated and there's so much anxiety because they just want the person that makes them feel like home on this day that has all this pressure wrapped up around it which is a whole other topic in and of itself if you are having a big wedding, something to think about. Um, But there's so much pressure wrapped up in the wedding day that like spending the most like anxiety inducing time apart it sounds like no fun to me, personally. Um, we didn't see each other the night before our wedding. Well, we saw each other the night before our wedding, but we, you know, we slept separately that night. Um, and a big reason for that was that we were doing a sunrise elopement and I was getting up at 2 a.m. And, you know, that's just how that worked. But if you want to see your partner before your wedding, go for it. On that note, if you want to keep your outfit secret and have a first look, that's totally great. A lot of my couples will get ready up until the point that they get dressed together and then we go their separate ways and have a super cute first look. So always an option. Just want to um, encourage you if you are somebody who really would like the safety net of your person, um, you're entitled to have that. Don't let anybody tell you anything differently. Okay, ceremony and standard vows. Talked a ton about this in last week's episode with Meredith of Ceremonies by Meredith. Would highly recommend that you go listen to that. But the short and sweet of it is that if you are having a standardized ceremony that doesn't feel super personal, but you want something a little bit more personal, go ahead and write each other a love letter and read it to each other. Like read your letters separately or together or have like a specific time that you're going to have a letter exchange. However that looks is up to you. Um, But that's a really great alternative to offer you some um, just variation there and also some really intimate personal moments that are not witnessed by all of your guests, whether that's five people or 25 people. Um, Okay, wearing white, going dress shopping, finding the one, um, that whole thing. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret, and I've talked about this before. I bought my dress from lulus.com. It was cream. It was off-white for $80, (laughs) and I think I paid $100 to get it altered so it looked a little bit different, but um, that was kind of a hard... It was a hard thing to navigate, actually, after my elopement. Um, I found out my mom was really disappointed that she didn't get to be part of the dress trying on purchasing experience. And um, that was something that we had to have some conversations about following our wedding day because I truthfully never envisioned myself going dress shopping. I am so the kind of person that knows what I want, sees what I want, buys it, and moves on with my life. Like, I don't have time or energy to fuss about it. So it wasn't that surprising to me. Um when I was in the position of getting married and finding my wedding dress, that that's how I went about it. Um, But that was kind of a hard, that was a hard thing for my mom. Um, And looking back now, there could have been so much better communication and just general conversation around that. Um, But that was something that I kind of did that, you know, 
wasn't traditional um, and there were some consequences to it. Um, but I don't regret my decision. Like I still don't, I, I think about it all the time. Like if I were to go try on dresses, I don't know what I would have ended up with. It was any different than what I bought. So and then in that, um, you know, wearing white, if you don't want to wear white, don't wear white. You can wear cream. You can wear pink. You can wear blue. I've had couple, I've had a bride get married in jeans and like this super cool like white sweater with like a faux fur vest. I've had a bride get married in a really cool navy formal gown. Um, I know friends that have gotten married in black wedding dresses. Like there are some really cool options out there. Uh, wearing white is a very traditional thing. There's lots of meaning behind it and that's totally great and fine. I love the color white. I think it's beautiful. It photographs really well, but if it's not your jam, it's not your jam, and wear whatever you want. Also, you do not have to just wear a dress or a suit. Like, you can get creative there and wear whatever you want. I love seeing my couples, uh, you you know, kind of like think outside of the box. And one of the smallest ways that they do that that I think is just so cool and not something that you would have seen years and years and years ago is just from wearing hiking boots. Like, seeing a couple in hiking boots in their wedding attire is so rad, and it's just kind of switching it up a little bit. And um, so if you want to do that, go for it. You can wear a hat. You can wear, I've actually had a a couple wear a hat before. I've had a red velvet wedding dress. Um, Lots of options. Don't hesitate to do what feels the most authentic to you. Okay, next one is cake cutting. This is a very common tradition. Um, I think it kind of goes along with you know, a lot of the reception traditions that when you're downsizing and you're scaling back, people are still like, well, what are we going to do? Like, what's going to fill the time? And God forbid, we just like hang out and talk and and spend time with the people that we love. But um, if a cake cutting is something that doesn't resonate with you, same. Totally was the way that I felt as well. Um, I think about a week before our elopement, my mother-in-law was like, you have to have a cake. You have to have a cake. And I wasn't opposed to it. I just didn't really care about it. Um, and because we were having a sunrise wedding with a brunch following that, um, I decided to have our caterer make us a, just a big old stack of pancakes, pour some syrup on top with some berries, and that was what we cut as our cake cutting. Um, but if you don't want it, don't do it. I've had couples bypass the cake cutting as a whole. I had a couple recently who um, was doing a gender reveal for their baby with cupcakes. And so we kind of incorporated the cake thing and the gender reveal, and they did a cupcake gender reveal right after their ceremony. So that was really fun, super different, very unique. Um, But don't, again, don't feel like you have to adhere to what is standard as far as that specific tradition goes. If you want waffles, go for it. If you want bacon, go for it. If you want pizza, let's do it. Um, there There are no no's in this world, in my personal opinion. Okay, um, the next tradition that I think gets a lot of people hung up and that I think is super polarizing and there's a lot of differing opinions on is being walked down the aisle. Um, Whether that's your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, a family friend, whatever, whatever. um, This is a very polarizing subject because a lot of people, by the time they get married, they have been solo for so long that it's like, no, you're not giving me away. I'm giving me away. Um, And so if you don't want to be given away, don't be given away. That's totally okay. I've had couples or I've had brides that have a stepdad and a, and a biological father that they're both very, very close with and both of them walk them down the aisle. Um, I've had couples walk down the aisle together where it's like, nope, we're both entering into this mutually together on the same page. This is our wedding day. It has nothing to do with anyone else. And that's a really cool option as well. Um, so totally up to you. A lot of times we just bypass being walked down the aisle and it's not a big deal, but that's a personal choice and preference for everybody to make on their own. Um, 
first dances, garter and bouquet tosses, that sort of stuff. Another thing that like fills the reception time um, and and can be a little bit weird. Um, First dances, if you want to first dance, let's do it. If you want to dance with your mom or dad, let's do it. But if you don't, like, don't worry about it. I did not go down that road <laughs> for my first dance. I didn't, we didn't do any of it, actually. Um, my dad is not a very, like, gushy person, and I literally couldn't imagine, like, dancing with him. We have a great relationship, but it's just not manifested in that way, and it didn't really seem like something that either one of us was attached to, so we skipped it. Um, but also, you know, a lot of times couples choose this this form of getting married because their family situations are painful, and so don't feel like you have to do those things just because um, – it's what's expected of you. Again, we are totally on our own unique journeys um, in your elopement, and I would encourage you to choose what speaks to you there. Um, and then just as a whole, again, assuming that you have to do certain things, you don't. You don't, you don't, you don't. This is entirely up to you, and I would encourage you to you know, come together and have a conversation about what it looks like to create traditions or um, cultivate traditions or perpetuate traditions within your wedding day, depending on you and your partner and how you feel about that. So a couple of new traditions that I would encourage you to consider if you are in this predicament of like what does this look like how do we make this work um so you can spend your wedding morning together so maybe you spend the night apart and maybe that's something that that you do but you spend your wedding morning together and you go get coffee or breakfast or have an intentional sunrise hike a lot of my couples love to do sunrise hikes on their wedding days um to watch the sun come up. I think there's a lot of reverence in it and a lot of cool intention behind it. That's a really cool option. Um, I already mentioned this, but you can write letters to each other to read in private, which is just so much more intimate and intentional. Um, you can also, I didn't mention this for the cake cutting. If you want to skip the cake cutting, I talked about pizza, but you could totally do like a wedding shot. You can make s'mores. Um, like I said, pancakes. Um, and as far as the first dances go, I have more couples than ever before have opted to do a first dance, just the two of them on top of a mountain or in the woods after we have dismissed their families or, you know, done the ceremony and everything like that. So that's also an option. Um, There are no limitations to that. And we can bring a Bluetooth speaker, put it on and you guys can dance. Um, You guys can totally dance. It's it's a great option. So. Those are the general traditions that I think most people have questions about. Um, If you have a lot of religious traditions inside of your culture or um, whatever religion you practice, I know that that isn't always negotiable. So um, maybe finding creative ways outside of those traditions to incorporate other things that are important to you um, would be a good option for you. And, you know, of course, having open conversations with your partner about what is important and what what you want to um, include. Oh, one more tradition that I know a lot of people, um, it's pretty common. A lot of people will do, or back in the day would, you know, put the cans on the back of the car and decorate the car. And if you don't want your car decorated, you have every right to say so. (laughs) I know some people are so not about it. um, And that's totally valid. So, um, but I've also had couples like ride down Donner Summit on their bicycles after their wedding day with cans 
uh, rattling behind their bikes. And I've actually had two or three couples do that at this point. And that's a really fun alternative there. So get creative. Be sure to have open conversations with your partner. Talk about this. Um, The options are endless and there is nothing that there's nobody that can force you into any sort of tradition. So if it doesn't vibe with you, it doesn't vibe with you. And don't waste your energy worrying about who that's going to offend. Because at the end of the day, this day is about you and you alone. Well, you both alone. Uh, So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Like I said, short and sweet, um, but hope it gives you some insight and uh, little bits of inspiration to start the conversation around what traditions you're keeping and what traditions you're making. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have a spare second, go ahead and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. And of course, if you have any questions about today's podcast episode or would like to request a topic, you can email me at theelopementpodcast at gmail.com.